Every good rhyme starts with once upon a time. Long ago, far away, centuries before our day. Humans lived, monsters roamed, both shared earth and sky as home. Yet this peace came undone, war was waged and humans won. Welcome to Literary License Podcast, Book to Screen, Once Upon a Time episode. Exploring children's classics whilst losing our innocence along the way. License podcast is book to screen. We'll be discussing a children's book and the screen. And today it's Coraline by Neil Gaiman and the film Coraline. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got Vicky Ray with us. Hello, Vicky. Hi, everybody. Leandro Gazi with us. Hello, Leandro. Hello, everyone. And I'm your host, Keith Shago. Before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to. Starting with you, Leandro. What have you been up to? Uh, well, working. Um, more than before. <laughs> um, I used to have, you know, I, don't, I, told I have two allotments of plots where I grow vegetables. Now I have just one. I move everything to one. So I have been working a bit on there. Um, I'm excited because in this month I'm going to be doing a lot of things. I'm going to London to see Madonna and maybe meeting my oh, friend cool Keith for food. You. Yes. And then at the end of the month, I'm going to uh, I'm going home, so I'm really excited to see the family and my dog. What about you? Um, well, personally, I've been I saw this fantastic movie on Prime, which I suggest everyone watch it called Totally Killer. It started, yeah. uh, What's it called? Totally Killer. It totally has, killer. Yeah, it has um Kira Shipnuck in it from Kira Knightley. No, no, the girl from Sabrina. Oh, okay. What's her name? And it's got um, the mother from Modern Family in it. And basically, um, this killer killed this group of girls called the Mollies because they used to dress like Molly Springfield, Molly Springwald, Molly Ringwald in the oh. 80s. And, um, Is that a true story? No. And her, mo- okay. and her mom survived. But then what happens is... Um, she the girl the daughter goes back in time to try to solve the murder so she ends up in the 80s really funny got some good horror sequences in it not too bad and then i saw pet cemetery bloodlines the i started watching that last night i fell asleep only because i was tired i actually like it it was okay um i actually like it um it takes place of the next the neighbor across the road yeah. It's him when he's younger, so it takes place in 1969. So it has some good moments. Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> and of course, the television series of the year, Generation Z. Oh my God, I cannot sing its praises enough. I fucking love that show. That's oh my God, show. I can't wait for all the episodes. I didn't even know what he told me. It is so freaking good. Oh my God, it's excellent. Totally love it. I mean, they really, they made a teen drama that's so on PC. It's excellent. So. It's so not PC. I mean, they beat the piss out of everybody. Literally. So funny. Oh, my God. And I'm sure the, the person who can change their sex at a moment, I'm sure that's a piss take of Ellen Page. I think so, too, because I was watching real close, right to the way she looks. He looks, she looks. <laughs> you know? And then at the end, well, I hate to be a trigger warning, but he ends up sleeping with the girl, the other girl. I was just like, and when the girl turns small and she's hanging off that guy's dick, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but it's brilliant. It's awesome. It's freaking awesome. It's I even mean, it, better than the boys almost. I mean, that's how funny it is. I have to say that because um, the boys takes about two to three years to do a season. Yeah. 
If this takes two or three years to make a season, they'll be able to. Well, it came out a year later last year, though. It was like a year last time because yeah. we fuck, got fucked because of COVID. But it's like one of the best series ever. I, I mean, whoever's writing it, just fucking genius as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Well, it's one of the people who do Supernatural, the TV series, the boys in this. I didn't so. know that till you told me that this week. Yeah. So anything else? Um, no, just kind of living life. And Have you finished to read your book? No, that's been, uh, that's been put on hold to next year. I've had to change okay. everything. And everybody move and stuff. Yeah, moving in February. And a shout out to my nephew, whose birthday's today. And he passed the bar. So yeah, happy birthday. Congrats. Congrats. He's in the top 5% of the country. That's <laughs> awesome. So what is the bar? Sorry. That's your little... nephew here in Texas, correct? Yep, that's correct. Oh, he'll never lack jobs in Dallas. Let me tell you, this is the town for lawyers. Well, um, he had he had a job anyway. So um, before he even graduated, he got hired. He was lawyer. already hooked up. But um, if he didn't pass the bar, he would have to leave. So he studied yeah. really, really hard. But he, he's he's very and he's extremely extremely focused. You know, when when he has a goal in mind, he hits his goals. So he's right. He's not like my sister like that. So, but other than that, not too much. What about yourself, Vix? Well, I watched Gen V. I got into Saw. I love Gen V. We argued about that. I started watching some of the other Saw movies because I want to see the next one. I just love the Saw franchise. Just love it. Um, talk to me. Saw that. Didn't think I was going to like it. It was actually pretty damn good. It was pretty good. Um, watch The Conjuring 3. I don't know why I did not finish watching that one. I've just been watching Spooky Season, so I'm enjoying it. Got into my Universal Monsters, Dracula, Frankenstein, all that good stuff. Then I started, I watched Lanterns Lane. That's another new one on Hulu. Fucking weird. Thought it was going to be one of those stupid, you know, like easy bake kind of movies, but it actually turned out pretty good. Um, it was just one of those, you know, I'm going to get you because my daughter committed suicide because you teased her in high school kind of bullshit. <laughs> So it was mindless entertainment, basically. An American Horror Story. Somebody out there, watch the first four episodes and tell me what the fuck I am watching. I honestly do not get it so far. And I was watching because everybody's bashing Kim Kardashian, which normally I join in on. But she's actually the best part of the show so far. <laughs> so I have no idea. It is probably the most disturbing American Horror Story, other than the Roto-Rooter guy in Hotel. You know, the one that, you know, I don't even have to tell you what Roto-Rooter man did with his Roto-Rooter penis. But, I mean, this is really disturbing bullshit. <laughs> this one's really disturbing. So it's got to do with babies and pregnancy and stealing fetuses when you're not expecting them to while you're sleeping. Just fun stuff like that. But anybody, please explain to me what I'm watching because I'm not understanding what the plot to this is yet. It's just so bizarre. I cannot figure it out. I Kind of got clued in, but I did finish watching Gen Z, Gen V. I mean, that was just excellent. Well, American Horror Story has kind of gone off the boil a bit. So it was that's gone off the rails. I don't, I mean, at least I knew like with uh Murder House and Asylum and Coven, I knew what was going on. This, well, I just maybe... can't figure out what the theme is, except that somebody wants her to have a baby, they stole it, or she's still pregnant. I haven't figured out um, yet. That's right, it's, it's just really be... sadistic and unsettling. I don't do like, like I don't want to see vaginal probes and things. I just no. It's a, it's a nod towards Rosemary's Baby, I believe. So. Well, yeah, and um, what was it? Oh, well, I'll get into that. A couple of nods before line, but other than that, fixing to go to Europe with my kids for about four or five days. My daughter likes to take me. Some, she just wants to celebrate because my daughter graduated um, nursing school and she's an RN now, and I'm really happy for her. She's Slash. finally amounted to something. <laughs> Love my kids though, but yeah. other than that, it's fall. It's spooky season. Yes. yes. Nothing else to talk about really. Just watching my horror movie.
And speaking about dark, scary, that brings us to Coraline, which is a dark fantasy horror children's novel by British author Neil Gaiman. Gaiman started writing Coraline in 1990, and it was published in 2002 by Bloomsbury and HarperCollins. It was awarded the 2003 Hugo Award for Best Novella, the 2003 Nobella Award for Best Novel, and the 2002 Bram Stoker's Award for Best Work for Young Readers. The Guardian ranked Coraline 82 in its list of 100 best books of the 21st century. It was adopted to a 2009 stop-motion animated film directed by Henry, Henry Selick, who also directed Nightmare Before Christmas under the same name. What we're going to do is cut to the synopsis of Coraline and be right back. This is the synopsis for Coraline by Neil Gaiman. Coraline Jones moves into a new apartment with her parents. As a curious and adventurous 11-year-old girl, Coraline quickly becomes bored of her new surroundings, even though she has some eccentric neighbors to keep her company. One rainy day, Coraline becomes interested in a strange door that opens up to a brick wall. Mysteriously, the brick wall vanishes the next day and the door leads to an eerie corridor. When Coraline explores it, she finds that on the other side is a parallel universe that is a mirror image of the one she just left behind. She finds an alternative version of her new home, inhabited by versions of her parents who call themselves her other mother and other father. Her other parents are eerily similar to her parents with one big difference, they have button eyes. Uncertain of her place and the safety of this new world, Coraline returns through the door. When Coraline returns home from the parallel universe, she finds that her real parents have gone missing. She decides to go back to the parallel universe and look for them. Coraline recalls what bravery means by remembering the story of where her father rescued her from a swarm of bees. Coraline undertakes several brave adventures in the other universe as she battles the evil other mother in a game to save herself, her parents, and more. She ends up discovering the incredible strength within herself through these adventures. And that is the plot synopsis for Coraline by Neil Gaiman. Back to the show. Hello, welcome back to Literature Legends Podcast. We're discussing Coraline by Neil Gaiman. So, Leandro, what's your thoughts about Coraline the book? Um, I I enjoyed reading this book. Um, I found some interesting. Um, well, first the the prologue. I don't know how you call it. You know, the beginning of the book has a really cool message, and I think it's really nice to the you know when you start to read the book that the first thing that the, the author though, is to give you an, a positive message, right, right like a ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And he was saying that a brave person is not the person who is not scared. It's someone who is scared, but do the things anyway. I and like I think, that. Yeah, I, I like think that it's too. that really powerful message. Um, because, you know, those messages that you can apply to whatever is your situation, whatever you are doing, whatever is your background, Fear is one, you know, it's like the feeling is, imagining is not similar. Everyone feels different, but you know what I mean. And then the story, I like it, but it happened something that as the story was going on, in what reached a moment when she saw that globe, I thought, okay, they're inside of the globe, right? And, you know, it's, I don't like it when the story is so predictable that you probably could imagine what, what will happen. But I, no, I really, really enjoy it. Uh, I like it because it's not really long. To be honest, I read it, the majority of the book on Thursday in three hours total. So probably if I would have read it like one paragraph each day, um, yeah, it was. was it much different from the movie. They kind of stuck together pretty good. Yeah, well, I found it that it was similar, but as usual, you know, in the movie, sometimes they... You never get well, everything. Yeah, no, we, 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 we will talk. I will talk more when we are well, talking no, about the movie. Well, no, I'm just saying, I just thought that they followed it kind of close. Yes, yeah, but I, I agree with what you say. It more or less was respecting the story as it, as it was. It was nothing like did crazy. You, did you feel one. like she was like a neglected little girl that nobody cared about in the book? It just seemed like her parents yes. were too busy for her. Yes. No wonder her I, imagination was going yes. askew. Yes, and then I thought for a moment, I thought, well, hold on. 
hold on a second. Don't tell me that. I start to think, I don't know, I don't remember where I was. And I start to think, I said, oh, wait, what about if she is describing now how uh, she's starting to see, for example, her mother, that her mother is uh, <laughs> a crazy woman, a bit of like yeah. a witch. Uh, with bad temper, that was the things on her way, that has a special way for loving her, that everything has to be how she wanted. And she's starting to see, for example, how her mom manipulated her husband. Uh, that one, uh, at a moment, I thought, well, hold on. This, is this like a horror movie? The horror, um, sorry, it both? is a horror story, I think. I think yeah, it's dark. Or, or, is she, or is she growing up and is she starting to realize more how each of them are. And then at the end of the, the story, he realized that no matter how they were, she loved them anyway. And start to see the other side. I don't know, it was because then when she was looking with that that stone that has a hole, it's like a yeah. kind of like she was seeing more or less the thing how they really were. Oh. Right. And I don't know, it was really interesting to me, think just for a moment, just a different possibility rather than the story as itself. Um, but yeah, all in all, I, I enjoyed. I mean, the yeah. important thing to remember is that it's a a British novel, first right. of all. So it's it's steeped in a lot of British folklore. So when Coraline's walking through before anything starts happening, and she steps on in the toadstool, that's called a fairy circle. So basically, right. what happens? She's opened up the fairy mouth. But another thing is that mist and fog play a big part in this. Yes. Next thing you know, it's like everything's foggy and everything starts coming down and everything's yes. fog, so you can't see anything straight. But the Her only life, time she's just a bored little girl that just doesn't have any grasp on reality, really. <laughs> well, I mean, another thing is, is that you have to remember that when the story takes place, they just moved into this place like two or three weeks prior to that. So you got they the parents, crazy so neighbors. Yeah, so you got, but you got the parents trying to sort out their lives, trying to get unpacked, trying to meanwhile work from home, which is quite interesting because it's very pre-COVID. <laughs> and working from home was quite very, heavy. very. So you know, so they're trying to do that, trying to get everything sorted and stuff like this. So therefore, meanwhile, you know, you know, she's just walking around and she's you know, yeah. exploring, exploring life um and this, and I guess another good message in the book is. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, exactly. So, but but then you know what? You know what? Also, I found quite interesting is is that um, the other mother, and basically she's a bar a bottom, which is basically a a female. Bedlam. Yeah, female. She's chaotic. Spirit. She's evil. Yeah. She's spiderish. Well, you know. Yeah. She's yeah. Web. And another, uh, like her, it's a total construct. Her world. So, yeah. Another thing that 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 really like made me think in a different like out of the box, let's say, was that when when he started to say that he started to write this book for one daughter, I can't remember the real name of the his first daughter when they were living in London or in England, and he finished writing this book for his second daughter, right? And then I thought, well, what about if, for example, he started to describe with this book how he was feeling in certain way yeah right like the man was at home blah, 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 blah. all the things that i said before that he was starting to feel like he was just got in one in typing and writing and writing and trying to write and the mother in in, in only uh trying to control everything blah, 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 blah. so i was like, well, what about if like and then they they moved to usa and then they chill bit more and then he realized okay now we have reached to this point now we start in a different way and now everything goes back to kind of like relax Coraline can see them as they really are they're not getting like more crazy Did you say in a way like go ahead no no like so like so kind of like you know when you're like so into a rhythm of doing things that you don't have two minutes to stop and appreciate something as it really is yeah so I don't know that's another thought that I thought that, that came to my head and I thought, well, well, it could be that also that he's trying to, because he was trying to write for one daughter, then he was trying to more or less mix that life that they were having because actually he was saying that they were living in, in a house that was like that. So, Well, I mean, I mean, another thing I found interesting is that everything is revolve around a circle. 
Yes. Well, there's a lot of witchcraft throughout this book. But I mean, spirals and circles and constructs. Coraline walks around the house. Mm -hmm. She walks around, you know, when there's that time when she's walking with a cat and she walks around and it turns to nothing and then she comes back on herself. Yeah. um, the snow globes that her mother collects. Her parents trapped in the snow globe. You know, when she goes out into the world, she goes in and she goes back out of the world, sort of thing. So it's always like this huge circle. Did all you the think time. this was like, like a little Alice in Wonderlandish kind of? Did you kind of see any kind of correlation between the two stories? Yeah, without yeah. without an annoying. Because I, I mean, we did Alice in Wonderland, didn't we? And I was right. found, yeah. found yeah. Alice. Long time ago, yeah. Found Alice really annoying, but I didn't find Coraline. <laughs> Yeah. Well, she's yeah. kind of insecure, and in what she's already got is a comfortable existence, actually. And she's bored with her life. She's younger. Her parents are trying to get stuff situated. She's constantly she seeking mental stimulation in some capacity. She's so she's a typical girl looking for adventure, you know? Yeah. And she's highly yeah. intelligent as well. So she's highly what? Highly intelligent as well. Yes, she's in yeah. Situation. I mean, it just, it just, what, it just, the, the watching, you know, how the, the, the real mother as opposed to the other mother and how she's got to go through that th- the tunnel and everything mm-hmm. is like a web construct. We, I mean, then she looks like a spider. She's, you know, she is a spider in the book, kind of. I think that's what they said she was. But as the mist becomes, you know, as the mist and the fog starts taking over, that becomes like a character within itself. And it's kind of weird because when she meets well, the, the old... world is a character. Yeah. When she meets the old, um, the neighbors, the old two ladies, and she said the other one's looking for the other one because she's, you know, why she's out what walking. About the two the old ladies. Were those guys together, together? The two old ladies. It seems like there's a nod to a relationship there. And then when I was doing some research, there is a nod there. They're not married, but they're together. Yeah. I thought that it was kind of cute. They're kind of like, you know, these. Daughter, daughterly old women who are together. Yeah, but just uh, what about the the green? Never, never wear green. What'd she say? Never wear green. And it's something yeah. to do with acting and theater. You know this. Yeah, it's. Um, uh, you... Yeah, what did she say? Don't never don't wear green and don't. Oh uh, wow! Oh, Macbeth. Never mention Macbeth because that's yeah. also. Yeah. yeah. But she wants the green gloves, doesn't she? So she looks different than everybody. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, she's just like a little turd. But she's an enjoyable yeah. character. I mean, really enjoyable. But all the neighbors call her Caroline. Yeah, she doesn't like that. Oh, though, yeah, right? yeah. yeah, they never get her name right. And even when she says it, they kind of like don't hear her. But it's and, and, and I love it. And I love it. The reason, the reason behind is like he wrote the story Caroline, but someone made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, could be. So could be. <laughs> but you know the well, one. The one... But did you think the whole story is like the power of choice? I mean, she has choice throughout this whole thing. Yeah. You know, so that's a theme running through there. But deception, illusion. I mean, this this story yeah. had quite a bit to it. I mean, I was really pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed it. I had some really good foreshadowing all the way through it as well. Like, um, for instance, like the the old man who's trying to train the mice, and he go he calls her. Oh parents, yeah, like the rats. And he goes, oh the and he goes and he goes the mice had given me a message. They told me to tell Coraline, you know, that not to go through the door situation, and um, and I and I like the um. You know the doubter old ladies reading the tea leaves and yeah. one seeing it one way, another one seeing it another way. But they're all for but they're all foreboding danger, and that and I quite and I quite like that. That's quite it. You know, it's you don't really get a lot of foreshadowing these days in anything. You kind of just the story just kind of takes off and it just kind of goes. But I like all the little tidbits that are put through all this, and I like how it's it rich in its own world about like you know, the way things are. And every time you think about it, it, you think a little bit more about it. And I mean, I can understand why it's won a lot of rewards. I can see why it's really a, a, quite a brilliant little story. It's quite clever, isn't it? Yes. I mean, it's it's got quite a bit in it. I mean, it's a dark story too. Everybody's saying whether or not you think it's horror or not. I don't know. I think it's rather horror-ish. You know, you got a spider-like other mother who sews buttons on everybody's eyes as she steals their souls. Of children, <laughs> you know, it's like come on, it's, it's dark. It's just wicked dark. Well, even when she, um, even when Coraline, um, plays that game and she has to get the the souls back, and they're inside marbles, but they're inside like 
like the the sap or the the eggs of the neighbors. <laughs> well, like what I thought ball. is like every I was thinking like for example every time that the the witch was getting one soul, kind of like she was expanding her world like a kind of like imagine i'm starting to act my power where i am and then every time i gain a soul i can i can create that world that they that they were seeing like bigger and bigger so that's why she couldn't that that when you when Coraline was walking around he reached a moment that there was everything was white and it was like there was nothing left because there was nothing to carry on expanding that that kind of spell that's what i thought i don't know it's not saying in the book but um, because she if you think every every time she was getting one of those those marbles that was a soul, that thing was getting destroyed completely and was out let's say out of the map. So it was like less power for the the witch until then it is the house. So I could think, okay, hold on, the whole story was happening inside of the house, and because she was getting in different times in history, let's say, right, and because she was getting more souls. He will be able to expand it, like the the range of, I don't know, power. That's what I thought. I also liked it. Yeah, heard. I like that with the whole the whole world becoming deconstructed. You know. Yes. And I like One that. thing that I... she answers the world and she answers the house like towards the end, and it's you know it's, it's just like a drawing. Yes. It's like a drawing. <laughs> yeah. All gone. Yeah. One one thing that I like a lot is like when she that was another message for me. It's like when she met the cat, and then but when she met the cat in the other world, and then she said, "Okay, what's your name? I don't have a name. Why do I will need a name? I I'm me. Humans are the ones who they don't know who they are. Does that's why they need a name? And that was like, okay. That's a slap. Like it's so true, you know. Like you have your name that you don't even choose." But chose is like it was given by someone else because they need to address you. But imagine if you will be able to, I don't know, choose your own name. And then you say, "Okay, this is me." No, it's really clear. It's like really like I don't know. For me, that message would make me was like, "Oh yes." <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if figure you, out if you know, that her family was important at the end, though. Yes. Well, I think you realize it's like. You don't want perfect. Perfect is kind of boring, really. It is. Yeah. It sucks. You're better off. Well, I, I like what she said to to the witch. She said, "Well, but you don't get when she was acting like the mom said. But you don't get. I don't want everything. If I have everything that you can give me, there will be everything will be so simple that there will be no need to wish because you wish because there's something that you don't you want that you don't have." But if everything that you that you want, you have it in time, thing doesn't have any more meaning, and then bring you back to okay. The most important things are the things that you can buy or you can, let's say, no one can give. You can put any price. Just for example, the the quality time that someone spent with you, you can put a price to that. That's like priceless. So I think that that's that's. I don't know. I think she realized that. That's why I said, okay, I don't want anything of the thing you can give me because she wants her parents back. Well, everybody was opposite of what they were like in the other mother's world. You know, like the two little old ladies, they were supposed to be like kind of roly-poly, but they were kind of skinny and haggard looking. You know, yes. with the fingers. But, you know, they described the fingers, you know. As, but they're still kind of nice for the old ladies, though, even though they're in the bad world. But I mean, it's really a, the the imagination is just outrageously great in this. I mean, I would have never thought of stuff like this, yeah. the button <laughs> eyes and things like that. I mean, this is probably the fourth book I've read by Neil Gaiman. His other children's book called The Graveyard Book. They're all very dark anyway, and that's basically a story about a murderer comes in and kills this family. But the baby, who's a year and old, crawls away and high and ends up in the graveyard. So the ghost raised him, and he's called nobody. It's a really yeah. good, but excellent book. But he also wrote like American Gods. I wrote, I read that. That's and, right. He did write American Gods. I was like, oh my god! I didn't, I didn't realize that he wrote this stuff. Well, American Gods is pretty out there too, though. Well, he, the Sandman series is his as well. The one uh, I can see that. I didn't know that. I can see he, that. He I love that. When is that coming back on? I don't God, know. But they all have that similar, very 
darkish, but very watchable. But at the same time, that he has a, a they're it's all dark. All and there's quirky. children involved. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's unsettling, even if it's like a, a fairy tale with a twist, kind of. Mm -hmm. You know. I love the cat in it as well. Yes. Yeah. So, I could never be. Is the cat part of both worlds? Well, apparently, uh, I think. No, I think that the the cat has that thing that he he said he have the ability to and go in and out between worlds, mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting because if you ha if you ever have a cat, yeah, I mean like Boo for instance, he spends hours just staring at a wall like he's looking yeah. at something. <laughs> they all do that. It's just freaking creepy. Cats are creepy. They just are. Yeah. Like they Ours see something that, that we. You see something that we don't see. I'm not sure what they're seeing, but they're like looking. No, at they it. start doing this with their paw, and nobody's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like fuck. It's like, what are you doing? There's nothing there, dude. Well, if like, you look at Egyptians, anyway, Egyptians like cats because they thought that they they would lead their soul to the next world. And they guarded the underworld. Yeah, cats yeah. were a big deal. I mean, they used to mummify their cats. Well, I maybe mean, maybe it's connected with that that thing about like the Egyptians that, that they were like. In, as you said, in this world and leading you to the other world, which is what he was doing, in a way, he was in this in this world, and then when he was in the other world, he appeared again, lead her to be able to come back because let's say it wasn't her time. So, but yeah, I mean, I think I I can't find anything wrong with this book whatsoever. We should rate it. Um, so starting with you, Vix, how many stars do you give this? Oh, definitely a five for brilliant imagination and just that the other stuff. This author is just—he's just got a fantastic imagination. And I mean, I, I'd even let a kid read it. I mean, it's dark, but it's nothing that's not gonna—you know—it's just a great book. It's—it's it's a great Halloween choice, really. Yes. What about yourself, Leandro? I believe uh, five from five. Yes, five because of the message at the beginning and the, the all the other little messages in between. There are things that are really clever because they're put they're put there for a reason. It's not just like to, you know. Very clever. Uh, yes, really. What I'm about gonna, you? I'm gonna give it a solid five. I you know I think it's another book that I probably will go out and buy a copy in hardback. I'm gonna attempt it too too because I want it for my other hardback. Oh, Lex, I got a hardback. Yeah. I mean, I know. And I think, I think, you know, it'll sit nice next to the graveyard book and um, Charlotte's Web. But I think it's one of those books I would probably reread easily because I, I think, I think every time you read it, I think you're going to see something else, and that's why. Like. Well, it's such a huge yeah. world that I bet you that I probably missed a shit ton of stuff. I mean, we could cover mm -hmm. this for another hour, but it would get redundant. But there's just so much to this book. Awesome, it was a great pick. <laughs> Well, this brings us to Caroline, which is the film, which is a 2009 American stop motion animated dark fantasy horror film written and directed by Henry Selleck, based on Neil Gaiman's novella. Produced by Laika as the studio's first feature film, it features the voice talents of Dakota Fanning, Terry Hatcher, Jennifer Saunders, Don French, Keith David, John Hedgeman, Robert Bailey Jr., and Ian McShane. The musical score was composed by Bruno Colas. The film tells the story of his emphasis character discovering an, an idealized alternative universe behind a secret door in her new home, unaware that it contains something dark and sinister. Her friends, a boy named Wybe, and a stray black cat, help her set things right and become closer to her parents. Just as Gaiman was finishing his novella in 2002, he met Selleck and invited him to make a film adaption, as Gaiman was a fan of Selleck's other motion stop-motion projects, The Nightmare Before Christmas from 1993, and James and the Giant Peach from 1996. Yeah. When Selleck thought that a direct adaption would lead to a maybe a 47-minute movie, the screenplay had some expansions, like the introduction of YB, who was not present in the original novel. 
sell it looking for a design away from that of most animation, discovered the work of Japanese illustrator Tahiro Atsugi, and invited him to become the concept artist. His biggest influences were of a color palette who was as muted in the real world and more colorful in the other world, similar to The Wizard of Oz from 1939. To create a stereoscopy for the 3D release, the animator shot each frame from two slightly apart camera positions. Products of the stop-motion animation features took place at a warehouse in Hillsbury, Oregon, near Portland. The film was theatrically released in the United States on February 6, 2009 by Focus Features after world premiered at the Portland International Film Festival on February 5th and received critical acclaim. The film grossed $16.85 million during its opening weekend, raking third at the box office, and by the end of its run had grossed over $324 million worldwide, making it the third highest gross grossing stop-motion film of all time after Chicken Run, from 2000, Wallace and Gomez, the first of the uh -huh. Were Rabbit from 2005. The film won Annie Awards for the best music in an animated feature production, best character design in an animated feature production, and best production design in an animated feature production, and received a nomination for the Academy Award for Best an Animated Feature and a Golden Globe Award for Best Animated Feature Film. It has developed a cult following in the years since its release and has inspired over 3,000 YouTube videos on how an on ways to dissect and look at this film from different angles and has been considered one of the greatest animated films in modern times. It later premiered in the Cartoon Network in Latin America with the production of Coraline, Lackey would become the first company to make a feature length film using replacement faces made by a 3D printer. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer of Coraline and be right back. Hmm. Coraline Jones always dreamed of finding a better world. Ah! A world more exciting than this. Uh -huh. But never did she imagine that she'd discover it in her own home. I've been waiting for you, Coraline. Where parents are always fun. I love your garden! Can't believe you did this! And everything is so good. What's shaking, baby? It just can't be real. Mom? You're just in time for supper, dear. You're not my mother. My mother doesn't have... B-b-b-buttons? Do you like them? I'm your other mother, silly. You probably think this world is a dream come true. My name! But you're wrong. You do like it here, don't you, Coraline? You could stay here forever. There's one tiny little thing we need to do. Black is traditional. <gasps> She's got this whole world where everything's better, but it's all a trap. You may come out when you've learned to be a loving daughter. From Henry Selick, the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas, comes a world of extraordinary imagination. <laughs> Spooky secrets. Who are you? You're in terrible danger, girl. And daring discoveries. I still have to find my parents to set them free. This year, when adventure comes knocking, choo, choo. <laughs> there are some doors that should never be opened. I'm not scared! Coraline, written for the screen and directed by Henry Selleck. Presented in Real D3D. Hello, welcome back to the Lessons Podcast. We're discussing Coraline from 2009. So, Vix, what are your thoughts of the film Coraline? Well, it definitely does deliver it's really dark it's spooky just right down to, i got a thing for eyeballs i always have so the, the button things with the eyes you know and the other alternate yeah. world kind of freaks me out i don't do eyeballs sort of like you know on friday the 13th the first one arrow to the eye i was done after that i never was normal after i saw that scene but um it's not really disturbing in a gory sense you know like severed limbs or things like friday the 13th but it, it is really kind of a dark imagery kind of cautionary tale kind of story um 
And I think that, I think Dakota Fanning's voice was probably perfect for this because she's such, you know, she could always do a little snot so well, you know, in her younger years, especially. I, I like Dakota Fanning. I've always admired her. But um, she comes because she doesn't really have any sweet, colorful friends or anything. She's kind of a nasty little girl in this. Her parents are very, they don't pay attention to her. They're bickering or they're cooking or doing their own thing. Dad is really kind of a wacko. I don't really know what the hell's going on with dad in this movie. But I mean, it's a lot like the book. I mean, it's dark. She she has to make choices. She she wants to go to this world, realizes that the grass isn't always greener on the other side, and realizes that her true place is in her world, and she's totally taken it for granted and doesn't appreciate her parents. They're actually trying to make a life, you know. But I mean, it it does it. It's it's a good film. I mean, I, I didn't get up. I watched the whole thing through. You get vested in all the characters in it, except for maybe mom and dad. I think they had everything. <laughs> they were kind of <laughs> shitty. But I mean, it, it was a great story. They adapted it well. I mean, it was dark. I mean, they made it look dark. And in the animation, it's like, it was superb. I mean, I've never seen anything quite like it. Even like, even the other, you know, Pixar stuff. It's totally different. It's totally in a category of its own. To be honest, I think the stop motion brings it to a different degree than if it was computer animated. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, yes. the work that went into it. I mean, you could appreciate I mean, it. I mean, how they did the fog and stuff like that. And considering that, I mean, how stop motion, if anyone out there is listening, if they don't know, is that basically every single move is a, they take, they move it picture take a picture move it picture move that, it that's just so meticulous i mean uh, I don't know sorry, that, that is not the way that. that is not the way uh walt disney was doing the cartoons oh no, this no. one that you mean is who knows um computer animated um um uh, and the other ones are cell animated um like you know fantasia and Beauty and the Beast, they're all cell animation. Yes. Stop motion animation. So what they are is models. They make these little dolls, little armatures, and basically they dress them up. And then in order to make them I movie, got it. I got what you mean. Yes, yes. They, they move they move them. Um, like they're, they're, made, they're made with like we kind of like with clay and then they move it and then one one next to the other, right? That's what you mean? Well, it's well, like uh, claymation. It's the same yeah. concept. Same concept. Claymation is more mainly used by the people who do Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run. That's more claymation. Yeah. Yes. Here, yes, I know. Pokey, pokey here, here they pokey use. Gumby. Here, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gumby. <laughs> um, here, so how do they do this one? I don't get it. Sorry. They make they make little dolls. They make they make dolls, and then what they happens? They make little figures and they move them. Yeah, they move Every them. Every second Whoa. they move them. And their and their faces are they're all made from plastic and different materials and inside inside their bones are like this little metal little metal skeletons. and then what they do with um the faces pop off and each face has a different a, a different face and a different vowel sound and different words okay. so that way they can match that up so they put so they have to keep changing the faces every time they speak that's really cool it is it's meticulous that's what i said i mean it just just the the, the brain pan to do that and just the it, patience that's required. I think, it takes, I think it takes three or four years to make a stop motion animation film. Of that of that magnitude, yeah, easy. Because they also, they also remember that they have to build the sets as well. All the sets are built. So that house is built. And they have to yeah. and they have to build the house. Um so if Caroline's like three or four inches tall, the the model is, they have to build the house so that way, you know, it would be able to actually can walk through doors and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, scale. yeah, like not just scale. Yeah, you know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I what I found quite interesting as well, which I was, I was a little bit shocked in this movie, is that when they go into the when Caroline goes into the other world and she visits the old ladies, they're skinny. <laughs> well, what about when they're fat and they're wearing hardly any clothes? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. That's when, I, that's when I thought, okay, hold on. This movie is no. I wouldn't recommend this movie for maybe, let's uh, just to say, five year old uh, kid. I probably would recommend it to be like more like a teenager because it's like, in an aspect, it's like kind of like Shrek. 
that if anyone can watch it, but if you are like growing up, you you will get other messages, all, more things uh, mm. to understand. Um, yes, it was that was really cool when they finished the show, and then there was the lady was with the big boobs, and then they took the suit, and it was another person. Yeah, <laughs> I was. was... <laughs> I mean, that's just a little bit shocking. I guess because it, I mean it's a family film, and basically you don't really see breasts like that. In a family yes, film. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, and the way she was the the Venus of I don't know how you call it in English in Mile Milo Venus de Mayo. Yeah, that, that she was like on the painting, and the other one was like another one, like <laughs> a mermaid. That was really clever. That was really cool. Um. <laughs> I mean, another thing I found quite interesting is, is that um, all the characters are made out of sawdust. Yes, which is quite interesting. You know, I, I quite that was quite a, that was quite freaky that they're moving around and that the mice, the rats are basically they're not mice. The rats are like, like an alarm system for her. They're watching everything they feed into. Did you notice? Some of the nods to the horror movies, like the chair where the father sits, looks like the chair Jack Nicholson was sitting in and yeah. shining. And then they had the stuffed animal thing that they were playing with that was on his face like an alien. I mean, it's just like, yeah. I caught that shit. I mean, there's probably more that got by me, but they had several nods to horror movies. So it was definitely kind of a horror movie. You know, it had those little Easter eggs in it. But I always appreciate what I, what I didn't get much is like, you know, that. For example, when she in the book, as far as I understood, she was not. She went once to the the other world, then she came back, then she went again, and then she didn't come back never again, and then she went back. In this one, it was like kind of like she was coming and going all it like two or three times. Mm -hmm. I think I, I think that has to do because of she had to want to stay, didn't she? They had to expand. They had to expand it because the film would only would not have been more than forty minutes. So they had to make right. it a feature length. So yes. I think that's why you have like YB, and then you have like YB's grandmother, and that one that she lost her sister in the house, and that because they kind of added that in, and they added the doll in the Coraline doll as well, didn't they? That you see being made in the beginning. They kind of look like skeletal specters or something. You know, they got all <laughs> skeletal, like the little old ladies. They were plump and juicy they were you know the fingers and the hands i mean i would let it i would let a kid watch it maybe not five i mean it might kind of scare a five-year-old i guess but it was dark um, just like the book it was dark. Yeah. i mean like another i mean another thing is is that in this perfect world the old fat drumpy women are thin and beautiful yeah the, the upstairs neighbor is basically fantastic in his you know his circus show and right yeah and then and it's the perfect YB because she found you know YB annoying because he talked all the time. But the perfect YB where this one doesn't talk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Poor I don't know if you, he was so underappreciated. Did you realize that I realized two things? Like when she was when she was in the garden, right? And everything was. There was a moment that she destroyed that. Um, well, it was her dad in, on the top of um, what's the name? Uh, like an insect, I can't remember the name right now. Amantis, Amantis, right? And then when she she took the first uh or the first little marble, everything went gray, and all the garden was was a, a face. Then when they were at the, the end of the movie, they were planting flowers and they, they, the camera pointed again from, from underneath. You could see it was again, it was the face of someone. I couldn't see it was it's the, the face. face it's, it's the face of the other mother. Yeah. So I thought, well, that's really interesting. That means like all that place, that's what I was thinking. All that place was the witch domains, let's say, right? It's like a kind of like Hans and Gretel, like everything was that, that place. Yeah, kind of. But I think that I think that also deals with um, England. I think that's, I mean, I think that's part of the whole English folklore thing. That I mean, because they they transport this to Oregon for the for the the, the yeah. movie. But that has to be that she's always been there. She's been there before time. Yes. Terry Hatcher. Did you think Terry Hatcher had the best voice? I don't know why Terry Hatcher was a great pick. They even kind of made her resemble Terry Hatcher a little bit. It was a beautiful woman, really, but I could just see Terry Hatcher just coming out in the character. 
Interestingly enough, Coraline was staged in a 140,000 square foot warehouse in Hillsbury, Oregon. The stage was divided. Damn. Into, it was divided into 50 lots, which played host to nearly 150 sets. Among the sets were three miniature Victorian mansions, a 42 foot apple orchard, and a model of Ashland, Oregon, including any details such as banners for the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Wow. I mean, and there was more than 28 animators worked at a time on rehearsing or shooting scenes, including 90 to 100 seconds of finished animation each week to capture stereoscopy. I mean, so they would get 90 to 100 seconds per week. That's what they were filming. That's crazy. It's like a minute mm -hmm. and a half, not quite two minutes. Well, I mean, look at the intricacies of the film, though. I mean, you're I'm sitting here looking at a picture of it where they're at the table with the other mother. And I mean, that is just amazing work. I'm truly amazed by how they did this. I just, I, I'm just, I totally appreciate the time and the, and just the skill that went into making it. It's, it's brilliant. Well, the Coraline, interestingly enough, the Coral, there's 28 identical Coraline puppets. Each one took three to four months to make, and usually took ten people to construct just one. Um, <laughs> And um, each character had 208,000 facial expression faces made. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I mean, uh, you sit there and watch something for 60 to 90 minutes. You have no idea how much work went into it. I mean, Hollywood's one thing, but you know a lot of work went into it. And I mean, the product is well-deserved. I mean, I mean, this is quite interesting. Um, Althena Chrome one of the animators or crew members was hired specifically to knit miniature sweaters and other clothing for the puppet characters, sometimes using knitting needles as thin as human hair. A single garment <laughs> had taken anywhere from six weeks to six months to complete. The clothes also simulated wear using paint and file. God, I mean, taking little knitting needles are as thin as hair just to knit clothes for the characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Isn't um, that amazing? I, I didn't read that you must have read different mm -hmm. articles that's amazing uh, I wanted to ask you something what do you think about you know at the, the end of the movie her her friend brought uh, his grandma mm. and I couldn't get much of that part because I thought that it was like well he was the one who gave Coraline the doll made by like looking like her. So then I thought, well, hold on. Right? So, so yeah. So here there are like two two witches. So how this is how this works? I couldn't get that. Um, the grandmother had the doll from when her sister disappeared. So when YB saw it at his grandmother's house, he thought this looks like Coraline. So I'm going to give it to Coraline. And then, and then the grandmother gets upset. So so the rest of the movie, YB's asking for the doll back, but she can't find the doll. Yeah, but the doll was looking like Coraline. Yeah, but that just means that um, it's a that it was for being foreshadowed, because um, because basically just because the doll looked like Coraline now, when the doll when the doll when the grandmother and her sister had the doll, it looked like Coraline, but Coraline didn't exist anyway. It just well because I don't know if this called my attention. Yeah, although, you know. Just means that basically that that was the future. That basically that doll was the future of what was going to happen. Yes, but if you if you remember at the beginning, at the first beginning of the movie, actually even before the movie starts, there was there's someone that is destroying one doll and making a new one, and that one is Coraline. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is though, when that when you're seeing that doll being constructed, you don't know when it's being constructed. It might not be being constructed in that yeah. time. Uh, when she arrived, we'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, what really it could been constructed 50, 60 years ago when, at the beginning, you know. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it was really interesting that. And then that at the end, the grandma appears again. And also, the, and at that point, I, I thought, well, hold on. As Vicky asked, this cat belongs to our world or to the other world? And then I thought, wait, hold on. How this cat can know so well? This witch, and then I start to think, oh, what about if they know each other from before, and the cat is fed up with this witch, and he wants her to be dis destroyed? Like now, Coraline entering into play, and he help her to well get destroyed. Which, in a way, I don't know, really don't know if she was really destroyed because in the book, they Caroline's make it perfect. So then she ended like uh, the hand, the hand ended falling in the in the well, and then she put the key in another place. But in, in the movie, she 
tied the bag where the hand was with the same uh, piece of uh, cord that she was doing with the key in the thing. So it's like, okay, hold on. If the hand, for some way, kind of reason, gets constructed, they get together again, it will have the key. The only thing you have to do is go and open the door. So I well, thought, oh, what about this? I mean, the thing is, she took her power away because she, um, she, you know, when when she got the children's souls back, that because she yeah. fed, off, that's what she was feeding off. Mm -hmm. And then, when she, and, uh, so basically, what that means is that if she, if she, if she, if she if another child ever move into that home, and for some reason she has enough power to get that soul, it'll start all over again. So she's not truly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the reason why in the garden you see like. Her, where Coraline's face was, now you kind of see the other mother's face, kind of. Well, doesn't the yes. doll show up in different locations, like spying on her? If I remember correctly, yeah. the doll. Yeah, yeah. Like in the back, it's always in the background somewhere. Yeah. You know, um, the only. I think it's. I think. Yeah, she I didn't have buttons on the eyes yet. But I think mm -hmm. if you even when she's going shopping with her mother, if you look on, if you look in the background, the dolls for some reason in the back in, in the on a shelf. In, yeah, it's uh, creeping on her the whole time. I didn't realize that. I, I will have to go and check it out again because I didn't realize. Yeah, it's always there somewhere in the real world. Like, but it's, it's like wow. it's like it's like a the key. The keys of real visual too. That key that key shows up a lot too. That key is really important. Yeah, the button key. Yeah, so. but it's a parallel universe. So technically, that I mean, but she wasn't in the parallel universe. So that I mean, but everybody else was. You well, know, she, but she, she but not. she but she made but she made them in the other world, didn't she? Because when Caroline gets one of the um, the the marbles or one of the girl's souls, she has she finds this sack that's seeping and yeah. Smiling. She reaches inside and basically it's those two old ladies as like embryos inside. Yeah. The sack. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was kind of gross too. It was, it was an adult cartoon. I have to admit, <laughs> I liked it. I mean, yeah. there's so much to it. You really have to watch it though, because uh, I they was made quite, a second one, didn't they? There is another one out there. I there think. was talk of, they never, never they didn't do it get to it because um, I think they another decided eight years. Yeah, another eight years to make it. But um, I think, I mean, it's quite, interesting that Coraline okay I mean it wasn't a huge success but I mean if you go on to YouTube 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 and type in Coraline there are videos and videos yeah bisecting and going into it and what everything means and I mean I, I watched two or three of them and I was just like but I mean there's hundreds and hundreds of videos I mean this is really captured people and people this is like their all-time favorite film I was like I mean, it's got quite a huge following, especially if you consider that people have gone into such depths. I mean, where they like take each scene and they dissect every single scene and what every single scene means, or what every single scene means in the movie and what every single scene means in the book, and then they compare them. And I was like, I mean, you know, and they go on for, I mean, some of them are like five or six hours long. <laughs> wow. You know. Yeah. And, but I mean, I, I didn't realize God, it took four years to make. That makes me appreciate it all that much more. Mm. Holy cow. I mean, I always like stop motion animation. I think if you're an American, I mean, we have it. We love our stop motion animation yeah. because we have a whole childhood based on that, whether it's Rudolph the Red Nose. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. <laughs> and the Claus is coming to town. Um, we also have Ray Harryhausen, Jason and the Egronauts. That's stop motion animation. Um, Clash of Gumby the and Pokey. <laughs> I mean, Pokey. David. What was that? David, the church show. Oh, David, yeah. What was that called? You know what I'm talking about? They had the yeah. freaking church music. Da, 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 da. You know what music I'm talking That's about? That's kind of Christian message. And then at Easter. David. Oh, what was Davy and something? Open up your eyes. I have an Easter surprise. <laughs> Easter is like the story of Jesus. Yeah. We had puppet tunes as well, didn't we? We had yeah. the puppet series and stuff like this. I mean, we also had, um, well, you know, another stop motion animation film that we had was what we covered was The Seven Faces of Dr. Lau. That was, oh, yeah, that's right. That's stop motion in as well. So, yeah, Land of the Lost, HR Puffin stuff did some of that. Yeah. Well, Land of the Losses, I mean, that's all stop motion, isn't it? 
Yeah. Which, which basically, I mean, I went down that rabbit hole the other day about that for Marshall, Will, and Holly that were on a routine expedition. But <laughs> <laughs> I little band. I don't think my heart. <laughs> but I mean, there there are videos turn um, going really into that with all that meant and stuff. So, but yeah, I think if you're an American, stop motion is something you know that we hold dear to our hearts because I think we got a lot of it when we were growing up as kids as part of our childhood fabric. So. Well, now that I know the work that went into it as an older person now, I mean, I mean, I just thought, God, I didn't think nothing of it turning it on the tube when I was a kid. I mean, I would love to have a little doll of Abominable, you know, from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But I mean, you can get the Coraline dolls. They look just like them. They, they model them after the, the puppets that they use for the movie, so... Well, to get Vicky off to her airline, let's break the <laughs> Coraline the movie. My airline. <laughs> so, Vix, how many stars do you give Coraline? Oh, five. I think it's going to be like a Halloween tradition around here now. Sort of like that movie in on the apocalypse at Christmas time. I watch that one all the time at Christmas now to get me in the spirit of things. But absolute five. It's just a, it's, it's really a piece of cinematic art, really. It really is. And what about yourself, Leandro? Five, yeah. I didn't know that that, that involved so much work. Um, but yes, um, even though I found it I have some tweaks, but I I like it. It was enjoyable. I'm gonna give it a solid five. The only thing I regret, I would love to have seen this in 3D at the cinema. Oh no, shit or IMAX kind of deal yeah. or something yeah. like that. You watch. You never know. Someone might. Well, I've noticed when I was doing the research on the film, there was a lot of interest in it still today so i mean that was a lot of you know it wasn't 2019 some of the stuff i was reading was 2022 2023 so the interest is still there yeah well hopefully maybe get to when i move to dallas maybe we get a cinema to show it in 3d for us Well, that brings us to the end of the Literary License Podcast. Next week, our book to screen and in November will be Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nymph by Robert C. O'Brien and the 1982 film The Secret of Nymph. And, of course, we'll be continuing our Batman the Animated Series with four episodes of Batman, which will include Paging the Crime Doctor, Zantana, the Mechanic, and Harley and Ivy. And of course, our two for one dark families feature will be Kanalukek and the whole. I can't, I'm glad you could say it. Kanalukek? <laughs> I just said that cunt movie. <laughs> 2018 Indonesian horror film made for the family about a plot sucking children into a mirror. And the whole from 2009. And of course, our anthology season will continue with Trick or Treat from 2007 and Tales of Halloween from 2015. And Doctor Who will be continuing with the Space Museum and the Chase, which aired from the 24th of April to the 26th of June, 1965. So it's good night for myself and good night, Leandro. Good night, everyone. Good night, Vix. Good night, everybody. I'll see you next week for Batman the Enemies. Hey girl, open the walls, play with your dolls We'll be a perfect family When you walk away, it's when we really play You don't hear me when I say Mom, please wake up, Dad's with a slut And your son is smoking cannabis No one ever listens, it's wallpaper glistens let them see what goes down in the kitchen Places, places, get in your places Throw on your dress and put on your doll faces Everyone thinks that we're perfect Please don't let them look through the curtains Picture, picture, smile for the picture